If I say yes to this, am I staying true to myself? Once again, it can be easy to be seduced into, oh yeah, this is a great opportunity. I'll just say yes to it, right? And like I said, I I love the whole say yes, tell the world, figure it out, but be smart with your yeses too. Welcome to the Business of Doing Business. I'm your host, Dwayne Kerrigan. With 35 years in business and close to 30 ventures across 12 industries, I've seen a lot. Amid the celebrity allure of entrepreneurship, many exceptional entrepreneurs remain shadowed. Here, I team up with these hidden talents to unveil their challenges and successes. Dive in with me to unearth entrepreneurial gems, learn from our experiences, and get educated. Lauren Lahav, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm so stoked to have you on. I miss you so much. Tanil and I miss you. We we caught up a little while ago, but we met like 15 years ago. And I've been blessed, you know, to have some unbelievable female guests on the show. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever had one that has is so busy, so absorbed, and so into so many things all at once as you. Like I'm just I'm so completely excited to have you here and just talk a little bit. So welcome. Thank you. I am so honored to be here. Every day I wake up and I think about what I'm truly grateful for. And you and Tino are, are top of my list. And I think you know why. You know, that <laughs> pretty magical moment in Egypt, <laughs> in your hotel room, the three of us. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking, everybody. Wrong podcast. <laughs> it was a magical moment. You know, just how selfless both of you were at that moment to just think about me and uh, helping me with really tough decision. I'm so grateful. Truly, it's every day I think about you, the two of you, and um, how you took the time to be with me. So being part of your podcast wasn't easy because I was like, heck yeah, man. We love you. So, I mean, that's it makes it easy to be there for someone when you love them so much and they're so unique and so special. And so just to give context for the listeners, and you might maybe fill in the gaps here for me, but but just the high level stuff is we met through Tony Robbins. You'd been working, you've worked for Tony, like you started, I think, 30 plus years ago, probably 35 years ago. But you have just developed into this Wonder Woman of, you know, your speaker, author. Well, you've got, I think, three books and then some ebooks that I that I noticed that I didn't know you wrote, actually. And then you're a coach, you're running events and empowering women. You've got your own podcast calling Stay True. And you also have an unbelievably successful business with Juice Plus. And there's a gajillion things that I hope we're going to talk about here today. But like when I look at all of the things that you have done and, and how much you've accomplished, even in the last 15 years that I've known you, I mean, I think I'm busy. And then I look at you and go, I don't know how she does it. So, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. My dogs are, are definitely agreeing with you that they're having fun down there. So I apologize for them, but they'll calm down in just a second. Part of life, right? Part of this beautiful opportunity. I was introduced to Tony. My boyfriend had bought me his book back in college in 1987. I was coming, we we're coming back from a football game at the University of Georgia, completely sober, maybe not. And he sees this book in the window and it says unlimited power. And he goes, oh my gosh, that is so you. And he 
dragged me into the bookstore. And back then in 1987, there weren't like your personal development books. There weren't like gluten-free cookbooks. There were just books, right? And he picks up the book and he flips the book over. And it's Tony on a firewalk lane. He's wearing a whole three-piece suit. He's wearing the suspenders. He's got the whole car park going on on his head. And, and my boyfriend says, we're going to go to a Tony Robbins seminar. I'm like, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm moving to Atlanta and I'm going to work for CNN. I didn't do that. I did what any good college graduate would do. And I moved to Vail, Colorado, work on my doctorate of waitressing. Actually went to work for a company from Toronto. I remember the guys, it was when Kemper snowboards were first starting off. And you guys, it's from Toronto. Yeah. So I, and then anyway, I ended up moving to San Diego. I took a job in sports marketing and uh, I ended up at Tony's house on Thanksgiving. I didn't know where I was. It was, like I said, this was November, 1989. And we had gone and delivered food to the homeless. There were about 25 people that were there. And I was like, oh my God, such cool people. This is great. This is service. And then I'm walking around the turret of this castle. And there's this guy in the present, this guy in Nelson Mandela, that's got, you know, like all these pictures. And then I get to this giant shadow box. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the book that Frank brought me in college that I'd never read. And Tony was 29 at the time. And he comes up behind me. He's like, hey, you know, you read my book? And I'm like, no. And <laughs> he goes, well, I saw you had a really great time today. I'd like to invite you to dinner. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'm 24. 20, and so uh, he goes, I go and I end up at this big dinner about, like I said, like 25 people. And it literally turned out it was the beginning of Robin's research, those people. Um, it was the very first basket brigade. And, you know, now Tony's what? Now his goal, I think his goal that year was to do like a hundred meals. Then the next year was like a thousand meals. And now it's like a hundred billion meals. So when you talk about what has inspired me to, to go all in, he's been a huge inspiration for me of just, you know, why not? Like, let's go. We're going to go. Let's, let's just, let's go big. If you're going to learn from somebody, there's probably not a better person to learn from, right? I know that you, both of you and I were really honored. I, I believe that, you know, you look into just to be around someone that is really walks their talk. You know, I remember being at an event that I had to be the creative person. I had to be an assistant and I had to do, you know, do it all. And I remember being in the suite, uh, Sage was there, like making him a drink and, you know, he's on the rebounder and he's doing his voice exercises. Like I'm not sharing anything that he doesn't share from the stage. Just FYI. But I remember being there and like, I was taking some notes and some, he was making some changes to the syntax and I just start smiling. And Sage looks over me and she says, honey, why are you smiling like that? I go, because I can 10,000% stand in front of the room at Life and Wealth Mastery and go, he does these things every single day. Like you see him doing his Zagoski, you see him on the rebounder, you see him having the drink, you know, doing his drinks, you see him doing the, like the voice exercises. And for me, that has always inspired me. Like I want people to come to my house and see that it's a hot mess sometimes. I like being a hot mess. Like I, I would rather do it messy. I mean, my advice to people is do it messy versus not doing it at all. So a lot of people look and they like, they wait and 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 they wait. And then the opportunity is gone. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunities to be in that environment and meet such great people like you and Tennille. Well, I mean, I, I don't talk about them a, a lot about on the show, you know, it's where we met and whatnot, but I will say, I agree with you. People sometimes ask like, what's he like in real life? And, and I, I obviously 
like you just said, you don't give away anything that is behind the scenes. But the one thing I always consistently say is what you see on stage, he's like 10 X behind stage. Like he's most, most people that you see on stage, that's the best you see. And back behind stage, they struggle just like everybody else. And not to say that somebody like Tony doesn't struggle, but, but he, he is so authentic and everything he is teaching, sharing, coaching, he's practiced it first. But you, like when you, when you think about somebody who's taken the lessons, whether it's from him or whether it's from Deepak or Stephen Covey or yada, 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 the list goes on, John Maxwell, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots, lots out there, but Lauren, your life is a, like a roller coaster and B you've just like, you're just tackle one thing after another, like a champion. And I'm wondering if you could just maybe just share what, what are you doing right now? What's going on in your life? And then let's maybe, you know, backtrack and, 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 and chat about it. It's so funny. My life is like, a roller. I don't like roller coasters. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you were just talking about people, you know, like John Maxwell's and all of the, and Deepak and all those people. And, and when you, as you were talking, I started thinking about who was it that really made such a huge difference in my life. And it's my parents. They have really been a huge inspiration for me because they raised us with such strong contribution values. That's what fires me up is that there are so, there's such a need I can fulfill the need. Like, why wouldn't I go out there and do something for that need? Does that make sense? You know, there's a, we went and volunteered with, for, for, to make school backpacks. My friend's like, Hey, we're, there's a school and we're, we're, we're doing 500 backpacks for them. And so then I met the principal and I'm like, so tell me about these kids. And they were kids that were all title one hope kids, which are kids that live below the poverty level. And most of them are homeless. And I'm like, well, let's do a birthday party for them. She goes, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. You know, so for me, I don't really overthink what it's going to take. I just do it. A dear friend of mine, Eric Worre, if you don't know him, you should, because he's a dear man. And he says, say yes, tell the world, figure it out. And I think that's really how I live my life. It's like, all right, I'll just say yes. I don't know how the heck I'm going to do it, but I'll figure it out. I have a lot going on, but it's like, why not? You know <laughs> Why not? It's true. Like I, I think it's like, okay. All right. So I could do a podcast. I could schedule the time to to do that. The other thing is, you know, and that we talk about a lot is people do their priorities. As, as we come across this new, you know, into this new year, you got to really look at, you know, what are your priorities? Because you will do those things that are a priority to you. So contribution is a huge priority to me, whether it's, like I said, doing a birthday party once a month at the school or, you know, helping out at my daughter's school when they need me, or, you know, tithing every month, that's just a non-negotiable for me. Or, you know, making time for my health and working out, that's a non-negotiable. It's, of course, if I want to have the energy to be able to do those things, spend quality time with the people that I love, it's non-negotiable for me. So uh, this interesting concept that you just kind of threw out there, and, and you don't hear many people, if hardly any people talk about it, which is like, you just say yes to things. And then you're talking about your parents. Is that, did that come from your parents or is that, okay. So where does that come from for you? You know, and when did it occur? And is there a time, because I think I really want people to catch this because so many people say no first, whether it's outward or in their mind, 
you know, their first response is, oh, I can't do that or no, or I don't have time or I don't have this and I don't have that. Or I don't have the resources. Oh, how are we going to pull it off? Or how are we going to organize that? And they get so stuck in that. Is it certainty? Is it uncertainty? When did it happen? I've, I'm really interested in this concept. It's interesting. I never even thought about it. But now that I do think about it, there's a couple things. I got so, <laughs> I think because I've been in the industry for so long that I've heard so many people. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to see. A handful of people do really great things. <laughs> I'm not going to say a lot. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people talk themselves out of it. And I made a commitment to myself many, many years ago, probably 28 years ago, that I was just going to, at every event that I showed up at, I will have made some massive shift in my life. So whether that was a health goal that I had, whether that was, I remember it was writing my first book, which I wrote. 27 years ago, not when your everyday person was writing a book. It was picked up by a major publisher, which was like unheard of. And I'm like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll not, I just need to, you know, do it. But I just made a decision and I just, and I was like, I'm going to, by this event, I'm going to have this done. Or I remember I was signed up to do the marathon, the, the Alaska marathon. I would not recommend the Alaska marathon if it's your first marathon. <laughs> There's like moose and like bears and you're by yourself, like, Trails don't do it the first time. Anyway, oh my God, that's funny. but I made a decision and then I planned accordingly, right? Like I really, I, I did that. So I'm trying to think when did I, do, I think I probably did it, made it, just said yes. When everybody kept saying, oh no, you can't do that. I think I just like, I'll show you. And I didn't do it from, a, I just was like, well, I'll show me. Like I can do this. Everybody said there was no way I was going to write a book 27 years ago. And, and I'm like, all right, well, I'll figure it out. I'll follow the steps. I've seen people that have done it before. So I'd probably say I didn't want to be that person that made up excuses of why I couldn't because I had heard it so much from people. So there's a dear friend of mine. I, sorry, I keep going back to Robbins, but you know, I have so many beautiful stories and people that I've met from the environment and he knows I share this story. So if he's listening, he'll know it and he'll, he'll share it as well. There was a guy who came to a life mastery program. It would have been. 18 years ago. And they had done a, a process at Life Mastery. It was called the Five Rhythms Dance Exercise. And just dance. And it's really cool. It's with started with a lady named Gabrielle Roth. And this guy shared the next day and he shared this story about he had this beautiful vision about when his when he grew up and his mom had this beautiful mango tree. And he was going to write a book about this mango tree in his backyard and when he grew up. So every time I would see it in an event, I go up to him, I'm like, Garth, where's the book? And he'd be like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so I would see him at another event and I'd be like, Garth, where's the freaking book? Like, where's the book on the mango tree? And he went, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so finally we go to New York and he's on the crew for the event. And I'm, I see him on my, and he goes, don't say anything. And he goes, I did it. I finally did it. And I think it was, I like being kind of that kick you in the butt kind of girl. Like I, I said, I'll kick you in the butt and I'll hug you at the same time. Because I know that if you just say yes, <laughs> it takes that craziness out of your head. I don't want that craziness going on in my head. I want to use the craziness to create wonderful things. I don't want it to be that story of why I can't, right? 
Like I kept hearing all, and it's wonderful, all these things that I have so many friends now that are these like menopause coaches. And, but then I caught myself buying into this whole menopause thing, right? Like that I can't, you know, release the weight. And this is the, this. And I'm like, hang on a second. Whoa. And did you know that when I stopped telling myself that stupid menopause crazy story, I released 18 pounds immediately, right? Within three months, I'm like, I'm going to take this craziness out of my head and I'm going to create something wonderful with it because I need to create a better story than that story. So I think that's what inspires me more than anything. People want to reinforce the stories. So when they have the story about menopause, they put on the weight because they have, it's a part of reinforcing the story. See, I told you the story. I was right. I mean, I'm curious. I really want to go back because you had said something you know, a minute or two ago that was about 28 years ago, you had made a decision that you were going to do something impactful with your life. Or I, I, I think I didn't get that 100%, but every year you were going to do something. So at 28 years ago, that's, I mean, pretty specific year, right? For you to recall. And I'm curious, what was it that drove you to that? Because there's people, there's people out there listening right now. It's the perfect time of year. We're in the new year and, and they're trying to figure out, you know, how to get over the same stumbling blocks that they may have had for the last two, five, 10 years. And I'm curious, what, is there something that you can share there for you that, that worked? Well, I, first, I'd love to just, once again, stories, right? We know the two best ways to learn are through stories and by putting people in experience. So I'll share through a story and an example of something first, and then I'll go into what it was because I know exactly what it was. My daughter, she's now 16. But when she was little, she was freaking cranky, man. Like she was so cranky all the time. She cried all the time. She was just, and I'm like, oh my God, like maybe girls are just cranky. You know, boys are so much easier. And one day I, I pick her up from school. She was going to like a kindergarten and I pick up her backpack and on the back of her backpack, there is a little note. And it's, and it's high and highlighted and it says, take your daughter immediately to the optometrist. And now my dad was an optometrist for 52 years. So I'm like, what? Like take my daughter to the optometrist. And I go and I talk to the teacher. I go, what's up? They go, well, you know, we had an optometrist come in and Asher can't see. She can't see like her sight is horrific. The reason I bring that up is when she went to, after we went and got her glasses, guess what? She wasn't cranky anymore. I mean, now she's cranky because she's just a teenager, you know, but, <laughs> but she could see finally. Right. And I think a lot of people are frustrated and they keep playing the same game or keep not making it is because they can't see. They don't have, and we talk about this all the time, but hopefully that, that little story helps you understand you've got to get really clear about your vision and what you see, what you see for yourself. Even though it's, there are tweaks along the way, my vision of what I see has been very, very clear. So back then, 28 years ago, I was a new mom. And everybody said, there's no way you're going to be able to travel on the road and do a great job and be a mom and do this and that. And I saw what it was going to look like. I said, nope, I'm going to travel on, my, on the road. I'm going to do, do this. I'm going to do that. And I got very, very clear of what it was going to look like. 
And I said, if I don't do an even better job as a mom and doing this, 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 then you guys can decide what to do with me. But until then, give me that opportunity. So I was very specific and very clear of what it looked like. So then it was, you know, mom stuff. And then it was like new mom. And then it was like, you know, and then it grew into this. And then it grew into something with teenagers. But it's always been very clear to me. Back then I called, I, I had a little movement called um, Millennium Moms in the 2000s, right? Because I had had a millennium baby. And then, but it, but I tweaked everything along the way, but I've always stayed very clear of how I want to be seen in the world. I wanted to be this no excuse, no drama mama, right? That's always been just how I see myself. No matter what my age, no matter what life stage that I go through, I'm very, very clear. And I'm still getting clearer, right? Like I started to jump around into different things. And then I was like, okay, hang on a second. You know, when I started doing programs, I'm like, what do women really want from me? You know, what is it? And I'm like, okay. And they saw me teaching programs. And I'm like, great. Well, then why don't I teach them how they can speak in front of the room and learn all the great things that I've learned over teaching hundreds and thousands of events, right? Whether it's facilitating or emceeing or doing my own content. I don't, I'm not a girl that has to do my own content. You probably noticed that too. I, I'm a gatherer. I love to, I, I've been in production. I've been, you know, on the stage, I've been the MC. I've been whatever, been the assistant. I don't care what it is. I just, it's, I see how people feel afterwards. That's what drives me. Driving me isn't being on stage. Driving me is to see the emotions in the community that is created because of the experience. So getting clear, and I'm talking a lot, I apologize, but it's getting clear on what it is that really drives you. And I literally like, so as you ask what I've got going on, you know, as you know, I have another event that's coming up is called the Own Your Worth Experience. I've written down how I want the women to feel at the end of that experience, how I want them to feel a year later from being a part of the mastermind, right? Like we're going to the Dominican Republic, freaking so excited, right? There's, there's 20 ladies that were all going to the Dominican Republic and they're all like, they're texting in the, in the WhatsApp group. Let's get tattoos of our, you know, but I'm like, oh, 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 what have I created here? Right. So, but that's the feeling that I wanted, right? I wanted them to feel that so connected that they want to be with each other forever. Right. So I think that people have to get super, super clear on what's the vision that they want to create for your relationship, for your health, for your freaking everything. I mean, I think there's a couple of distinctions there. One is you know, obviously your focus on getting clarity, but, but how you get the clarity for you, it obviously comes out or it sounds like it comes out with a vision and, and you're, you know, visual person. You can obviously by the, by your back wall behind you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I think those are all, um, uh, vision boards. All my manifestation boards. Yeah. And I have 65 of them. So Wow. Is that six, 65 over time? Yeah. I've done them since I was 12 years old, but my mom found my very first board from when I was 12 years old. Oh my gosh. Really? That's so cool. What's crazy is there might be a lady coming to speak at my event who was on my very first board. Really? Yeah. I can't announce it yet, but yeah. Don't say it. But so, okay, let's talk about your event because it's important, I think, for any listeners. When is it? And and maybe could you please explain? I, and because I think this is really valuable for people, uh, for women, 
Um, and and then how can they get there? How can they do go, do it virtually? Or you know, I think a big thing as well that that I would really love to share before sharing about the event is just the importance of finding mentors and modeling and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work. And, you know, it's just as important we know to find out what doesn't work as what does work. So during, uh, and I want to give a shout out once again to these people because they were amazing visionaries, which as you know, when that mandatory pause happened in the world, a lot of people just shut down the event world and, Tony created a virtual studio, an amazing virtual studio, started to, you know, do the the events online, created a real experience, once again, gave us all a great model to follow. Eric Worre and his wife were had a big event plan here at the MGM for 15,000 people. It was scheduled for December, obviously, because of that mandatory pause, they couldn't do the event. You know, Tony's studio was for his his events. And so Eric and Marina were like, well, what do we do? And they're like, well, I guess we have to build a venue. So they built a venue in three months, this $22 million insane studio here in Las Vegas. I mean, there's crystal chandeliers. It's, you could eat off of the floors. So anyway, I looked, I'm like, hang on a second. I know how to do event, virtual events. I know how to plan this. I don't know. I go, why wouldn't I rent the studio? And I put myself on the line for a lot. My husband would probably have divorced me had he known how much down <laughs> an event on. I didn't ask a corporate from you. You told me, you know, I share with you with juice plus. And I put on this event, an international event. We translated in six languages. We, you know, had over 10,000 people virtually. We had 300 people live during Omicron, which, you know, every, every two minutes that people were dropping out of like coming live. And I'm like, Nope, we're doing this. We're moving forward. Obviously we, we follow the restrictions. And, and it was a huge success. And I'm like, well, hang on. Why wouldn't I just do that for my big vision of what I've done? As you know, I've taught women's retreats since 2004. Most of them were about 40 to 60 women that I would have. I'm like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I freaking just do it, you know, at the studio? So we did one this past year. It was amazing, better than I could have ever imagined. It was more about owning your worth, your mindset, your money, your mission, it was all about just adding as much value. We had, uh, we had people age eight to 88 that were there. We had an amazing lady who's a Holocaust survivor chair, Lucy. We had Kathy Buckley live. We raised tons of money for non-for-profits and created a beautiful community. So that's what we're doing. Um, March the 8th through the 10th, we're working uh, with an organization that helps the pygmy women, um, the forgotten women. Over in Uganda, we're working with uh, my friend started a non-for-profit for women who have come out of, uh, you know, sex trafficking here and helping them. She's working with Paul Mitchell. They're putting together for to help women feel good about themselves. I mean, we have an eight-year-old who has an opera singer and she speaks seven languages. She's eight. She speaks seven languages. She's eight years old and she's already spoken at Carnegie. I mean, she sang at Carnegie Hall. So my whole mission is like, let's just do it, right? <laughs> let's just go. Let's support each other as women. Like no BS supporting. I'm talking real supporting. Um, I have a, a brain expert. She wrote Biohack Your Brain. She worked with some of the top brain doctors in the world. You all know who they are. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a wide variety just of, of community, a real experience, and just celebrating everybody. I'd like to chime in on this and just say, you know, to anybody who's listening that like 
and I, I mean, I've known you, I know how authentic you are. I know how true you are to, you know, the, I think what you said earlier, the feeling of get, you know, that you get from helping others, not being on stage and the significance of being in the spotlight, that is not you, but this is not, I, I, I want to make this point because as I was listening to you is like, this is not a feminist movement. This is an empowerment of women in a very positive uh, environment. I actually have some men speak because I think a lot of women don't hear the impact that we have had on, you know, our boys. I mean, it was crazy powerful last year. Two people, you know, three guys spoke, but one, you know, he has a very, very successful fund that my husband and I are part of. And his mom, you know, she went through a very bad relationship, an abusive relationship, but he watched her and she became his, you know, my belief is we need to be the heroes that our kids seek in the world. And that, and so I do have a couple amazing men that are sharing for women to hear like, wow, we have made a difference in their life. They have watched us. It's not. So like you said, for me, it's not like no dudes. I love men. I know. And, and that's why I wanted to say it's not a feminist movement because it's, it doesn't surprise me that you would have men in there. I think that's, it's important because I know that my, one of my biggest influences in my life was my mother. And this is probably one of the second biggest influences in my wife in my life has been my wife. It is important for women to know how powerful the feminine energy is. And it's also important for them to not abuse that power, to understand how to use it for as a force for good versus a force for evil, if you will, or bad. Or You are a great example of that, right? Of beautiful, I, I think that it's such a beautiful... You, both of you really inspired me a lot when I was with you. And it's funny because when you meet my husband, you'll realize that it's almost like we're like you guys, you know, as well. Like I let him be a dude so that I could be the girl. And then he's like, you go do your events. Like I know you're going to, I know you're powerful in that space, but then I come home and I'm all girl. Right. So I, I can dance with, I dance with those beautiful roles that I have. I don't, I don't feel like I have to always be on. I don't have to have Athena on all the time, right? I come home and Aphrodite comes out or, you know, Venus with my kids. And so, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. And when you get, it is interesting when you get women together, it's a whole different experience. You know how we talk about women want to feel safe. My husband makes me feel safe. A lot of women don't feel safe amongst other women. Even though they say sometimes they do, there's a, there's certain, but when you can create a space where women feel safe with each other, this like I said, like this the speaker, you know, they, we do a, I do a training as I shared, it's called True Voice, and wow, when you and I've done it before, with uh, my kid's father, and it was men and women, totally different experience from when you do it just with women and what comes out, right. In in regards to what the men, men, masculine and feminine energy connection, or what, what what are you referring to there? I'll share this just because I know that they're all okay with this. But the last event, the one that the event that we did, there were eighteen women that were there. Many of them extremely powerful. I'm talking CEOs of huge companies, and I mean huge companies, attorneys, uh, just all things. Eighteen women, eighteen. Of those 18, six of them had had children 
when they were 15, actually the youngest person had a, had a baby when they were 12 and were told that they needed to raise the child as their brother until they got to a certain age. This woman is one of the most successful women in a company worldwide. Another woman had a baby when she was 15 and her parents gave her an ultimatum. She decided to have the baby. She now has a huge company and now works the business with her daughter. Another lady became a nurse. It was unbelievable. Like, so the, I think that whole, like, I'll figure out a way and I'll be proud of who I am not listening to the noise around them. I think the biggest challenge is people listening to the noise. I mean, you know, this, my whole thing is about staying true. And I ask myself a question. I feel very honored. I get asked to be on a lot of podcasts, but I don't say yes to all of those opportunities. I really don't. I really want to be a part of it with people that I I know, that I love, that I respect. Sure, there's a lot of opportunities, right? But I always ask myself the question. I would encourage everybody to come up with something. But my question is, if I say yes to this, am I staying true to myself? If I say yes to this, am I staying true to myself? Once again, it can be easy to be seduced into, oh yeah, this is a great opportunity. I'll just say yes to it, right? And like I said, I I love the whole say yes, tell the world, figure it out, but be smart with your yeses too. I have this belief too that not just everybody can have me, right? I'm very careful about my inner circle. My inner circle's gotten a lot smaller because (laughs) I I just, I've learned, right? We've all learned with, with age of what feels right. But my biggest, I would say the biggest success tool that I've had over this past ever since we we all were together, which would be 13 years ago when we were all together, maybe 14 years ago, was if I say yes to this, am I staying true to myself? And if the answer is no, then what I could tell you is what's next is always better. I think this is a great message for people because there's no question you can get into saying yes too often and, and people around you will not intentionally, but they will steal your time, energy, and focus. And you have to guard that. I'm a big believer in that. But what are some of the criteria or how did you develop some of the criteria of what that means to staying true to yourself? Because I think that is, I mean, somebody might have another word for it, but I'm curious like how you got there and if you could share it so that people could, who are in the same situation and trying to develop this, you know, no matter where their state of life is, I think that would be really helpful if you can kind of articulate it. Absolutely. I can articulate it because it's my book that I'm just finishing up right now. Okay. There you go. I didn't know that. So <laughs> I believe it comes down to four things, no matter how you, how you try to dice it, slice it or whatever. One is the rituals that you do, right? Like what are those rituals that you do? They can be I, one of my favorite books. If you all haven't listened to it, I just think it's, the best is atomic habits, right? And the importance of habits and and stacking good habits, and then you get a momentum. So what are your rituals that you do? I absolutely, number one, one are the rituals that you do. Two, we talk about all the time is the identity that you have for yourself. So how do you see yourself in the world? I'm a wild child. I don't care. What people, people go, oh my gosh, you're this, you're that. And I'm, I am freaking, you know, what did they, there's that great quote of like the too much girl. I am definitely the too much. 
that's so good. I don't, I don't want to be, I know that I'm too much. I know that I'm alive. I get it. And for a while I was like, is there something wrong with being a lot? Is it this? Right. And so I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent grounded in myself when I was in that space. So the identity that you have for yourself, the rituals that you do, the questions that you ask yourself, we always say that questions are the answers. So the questions that you ask, ask yourself, and then the people that you surround yourself with, it always comes down to those four things, no matter how you slice it or dice it. And I always look at, all right, so think about those rituals that I do. Think about how I see myself in the world. See about the people that I'm hanging around. I blessed a lot of other people out of my life. I really, it was, that was like interesting because I've evolved. I've grown. My identities expanded. My craziness, like only the people that could handle my craziness are still around. Right. And then I started to attract some really awesome, crazy people. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I don't have to do it all. Like right now we're building a, a, a huge center in Utah. And guess what? I'm not doing anything. Now, I got the people together and they're managing all of that. We're starting a production company. I'm not doing that. They're handling that. All these crazy ass people just like me that want to go go big, go, you know, or go home. That's awesome. And then I just let those other people, you know, so I had to change that as I grew. I, I love that. Like, so rituals, identity, questions, and people. But earlier you said you, you made a, a, an interesting comment that that caught my attention which was like, you know, you recognized when you were young that you were a lot and that, you know, that you, there was, you kind of indicated there was some, a, I don't want to say a period of time. I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth. You definitely kind of said like, you know, I would kind of like second guess myself. And I'm curious if you could just kind of talk about that a little bit. Cause I mean, there's people out there that are, this is a crazy area where, I mean, rituals, it's like, get up in the morning, do all these things. It's pretty systematic. You, but, but I'd love to hear your story about, you know, how you kind of found yourself and accepted yourself in who you are, because there's a lot of people. It's taken a long time. And I think it's been a lot of layers. You know, I think that I'm, I'm 58. I just turned 58 and you look 38. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think it's taken a long time because I so want, you know, what, what do we always talk about? People want to be loved, right? I so wanted to be loved by people and I so wanted to be accepted. And, and then I was just like, I'm not going to be loved by everybody. And I need to be okay with that. When I was okay with not everybody's going to love me, then I started to just go, well, what makes me happy? What makes me feel really, as you can see, my love piece, and this is an anchor for me, right? I, I think that having an anchor that you wear to, to get to remind you is super important. I'm very, very big on having some anchor that anytime I'm like questioning something, I go back and I'm like, what is it that really makes me happy? Like what makes me feel, what makes me feel totally alive? And then I go do it, whether that's go working out, whether it's going and buying somebody a, a coffee, whatever that that is. So I think that what made me do that was when I stopped really caring so much about everybody else and started really look at the end of the day and go, was that a day well lived, right? Was that a day well lived or did I like listening to all the noise? Because I thought that everybody knew more than me. Like I, I'll give you an example of something. I have a friend who is beyond successful. I, I'm not going to share, all, but like, but crazy successful. 
And I was putting together, as you see, because I've done these manifestation boards for a very, very long time. I told you I have over 65 of them. And I was putting together an online course like everyone else, right? It was like, you need to take it. You need to put it into a course. And so I was like, okay. And so I ride around mandatory pause. So what, almost four years ago. So I started putting together the course. My friend, he calls me, checks in on me. Good, good man. And then I go, yeah, I'm going to call it. I'm calling the course because I don't call them vision boards. I call them manifestation boards because I believe vision plus Goya, which is get off your ass, right? You got to get off your ass and go do something equals manifestation. You can't sit there and attend and, you know, intend and like expect it all to come to you. Sorry. And I used to be, uh uh-uh, you got to get off your ass. And I get, I'm the get off your ass girl. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to create this manifestation. It goes, oh my God, Lauren, don't use that word manifestation. Everybody's doing manifestation. Oh, this manifestation, manifestation. So you know what I did? I did freaking nothing. I didn't do the course because I was listening to him because he thought, I thought that he knew more than me. And instead of like listening to what was really pulling me and then what ended up happening, some other person came out and created this whole manifestation thing and this and that. And I'm like, F that I'm freaking doing this. And then I, you know, and then I just like, I'm doing my manifest your magnificence course and this, that, and I don't give a sh- what everybody, sh- I'm just doing this. Another friend of mine, I hired them. I hired them to, you know, my husband's like, let's go out there. Let's like build your, you know, build your brand. And so I hired this person and the whole time they spent with me was focused on, well, I, I go, I really want to focus on stay true. Like I, that, and this was like, six years ago, maybe seven years ago. And they go, well, what does stay true really mean to you? What does stay true? What if I don't like myself? What if I don't want to stay true to myself? What is that? So then I started questioning everything again. Instead of just going, this is what it is. This is, and then going back to those four things that I finally, what, six years later have put into a book. So I think, stop stop thinking you don't have a lot of the answers. There's in the Bible, I don't know. I don't say, I'm not good at the Bible, but I heard some great lessons from the Bible, right? They're about this lady who was going to let somebody name her baby. And so don't ever let somebody name your baby. Don't ever let anybody tell you why you can't do it. It's not their dream. How do they know? How do they know it's not going to work? They don't know because they don't have in their heart, what what's driving you the way you know the way that it is. My friend, her dad is Nolan Bushnell. Nolan Bushnell started Atari and Chuck E. Cheese. So Nolan, if you can go watch the movie Jobs, Nolan's great. He's amazing. It's like the most brilliant guy. I remember being at his house, gosh, probably like 35 years ago, and him holding up a legal pad like this. And he says, One day, I remember I I will always remember being being in his house saying he goes, one day you're going to be able to write on something like this and it's going to be a computer. And all of us are like, yeah, right. He's the one that started something called U-Wink. U-Wink was when you would go, it was a restaurant and you would take a little card like this, tap, you know, tap, they give you a little card, you tap it, you put in your credit card and then you could just order from the menu and then somebody would bring out your food. Look, everything's that right now. But Nolan, if you watch the movie Jobs, he's in there and he goes, oh, Steve, you're just, you're just way too much, right? Kind of like, <laughs> gives me hope when I think about this all the time. 
he's like, just go over there. And I think he said he worked on Pong. Just get out of here, you know, in your little hippie outfit and you go work on Pong. And then he was offered, Steve Jobs went to Nolan when he started Apple and he offered him an opportunity to buy into Apple. And he didn't do it. Wow. Right? You know how many people I don't know if Nolan's listening now, but us crazy people, if you're like me, if you're like, you know, Dwayne, if you're like all of us that are just kind of like these crazy ideas, listen to us because it's, you know, if you've ever watched the beautiful, it's what, four minute little thing, here's to the crazy ones. Have you ever watched it? Oh, uh, no, I have not. Have to watch it. It's like, here's to the crazy ones, the, the ones that come up with all the craziness that people can't believe in. They, they, they say that there's no way that it can be done. So here's what I would say to all of you. Here's to the crazy ones. And if you're listening right now, I know that you're a crazy one. And celebrate that. Celebrate, you know, your crazy ideas. Let's see if I can find it real quick because I actually want to read it um, as as we, I'm sure we're finished. Well, while you're looking at it, I just, I'd throw in a couple of comments on this. And I think, I think it, it's exactly right. I mean, you know, there's what you have in your mind, you can manifest that, you know, and, and I love your, your saying of get off your ass. You know, that, that's so critical. Uh, This is not just something that's going to happen, but, but I also love what you were saying earlier about not caring about what other people think. Uh, I mean, if you're going to operate your life based on what others think, then it's not them keeping you in the box. It's you keeping in yourself in the box. And, you know, the story of, well, you know, I was not allowed to do this. I wasn't able to do that. That's a, that's a bullshit story. I'm curious, what advice would you have for someone who's sitting there listening to this and go, well, that's easy for you to say, whatever you, you came from this background, you came from that background, but what advice would you have for someone who is stuck right on the edge of not giving a shit and caring too much? And, and a lot of times what those people are saying is a version of, you know, well, I don't want to be an asshole or I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, arrogant or ignorant or disrespectful or whatever their story is. What is it that you would say? Like, what's the one kind of piece of advice? <laughs> People are just going to, they're going to make up whatever story they want to about you, right? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I like, I heard all of these things about myself. Like, well, that's freaking fascinating. I didn't know that. I mean, and like you talk about, like, I'm a little, I'm a little Jewish girl from the South. Where there were, when I grew up in the South, there were no blacks, no Jews, no whatever, any kind of minority, uh, parts of towns we couldn't go to. You could create whatever story that you want about things. But I just, I remember I did the, the, uh, the walkathon when I was a little girl. And my grandmother, she was an immigrant from Hungary. She goes, What's a little thing like you gonna, how's a little thing like you gonna do the walkathon? And I looked like I was 10. And I remember saying, One step at a time one step at a time. And you know what? People are, they, like I said, don't let them name your baby. It's not their dream. They have no idea. Are you kidding me? I'm still hearing it from people like, oh, you're not going to do that. Are you this? And you know what? The ones last year, when I decided to do this event last year, I, and I talked to some people and I'm like, this can be this and it's going to be that. And we're going to do this. We're going to be that. And they're like, okay, Lauren, you go do that. That sounds really good. You know what? Guess what? They were the first ones who what? want to be a part of it this year. Right. And they come up with something like, oh my gosh, I really wanted to be there last year with this. And I'm like sitting there going, no, you didn't. You didn't think I was going to be able to pull it off. 
You didn't think we were going to be able to do this and that, right? You didn't think we were going to get, like, I was like, I'm going to do a sponsor, so I'm going to this, and I'm going to that. They're like, yeah, 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 good, you know. And then first ones. So people are always watching. And as long as you're true to your vision, you're to you, like, like this feels good. This feels, makes me feel alive. This makes me feel like I'm, we always say either you're being a warning or you're being an example. Either you're adding light to the world or you're adding darkness to the world. Every time you say something nice, you're adding light. Every time you say something not so nice, you're adding darkness. I wanted to read this, if you don't mind. I hope that answers your question, but I, I, I really love to read this because I, I love it. Please read, read it. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of the rules and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. I have these books. I don't know about you. It is so true. I have, re- I have read that actually. Sorry, I didn't know exactly what you're referring to. So yes, I have read that. It's 100% true. I, I want to just like circle back because you had ma- made a, the last comment before that was a that's powerful and it's and it is adoptive in regards to your own mindset. I mean, really, anybody who's struggling with this kind of thing, going like you know whether they want to start their own business or they want to speak or they want to coach or they want to you know lose weight or get an education or whatever it is, leave a marriage, you know, stay in a marriage. You know, those are the kinds of, you know, things that, you know, those sayings are adoptive and, and, and you have to read them over and over and over again to ritualize it, as you said earlier. And, and I think that's critical. A really great thing that you said, and I think that that's important, is for your vision. You have to keep your vision in front of you all the time. Don't just write it down and put it away. Like, I am a big fan of sticky notes. <laughs> like, sticky notes are my favorite thing. So whether it's a quote like that, you know, put it in front of you. My dear, our dear friend, you know him as well, is Jeff Roberti. And Jeff Roberti said, you know, I had a sticky note when my business grew the most was when I had the, had this one sticky note in front of me. And the sticky note was, what do I need to do to make this business a bigger priority? Right. And I kept that in front of me and I took the freaking action that it took to make it a bigger priority. So for you coming up with whether it's a quote like this or keeping your vision or you know, setting an alarm where you're going to call somebody and commit to them. Like I'm big on public commitment. Like when I make a public commitment, I'm like, I'll tell somebody I really respect that I'm going to do it. And then I'm like, hold me to it. So I love the accountability part of things. So finding out for you, what, like you said, like everybody's rituals are different. I'm not, I'm not going to do what you do. I'm not going to go to the gym. Like you go all the time. It's just not going to be me. Right. I got my Peloton. I'll jump on it. I'll take my dogs for a walk you know, I'll do hot works, I'll do something, but everybody, but it's just that decision that you're going to commit to it. That's right. You know, it's funny when you just say, I'll make that, uh, I just (laughs) made me think about something that I had a, a, a phrase on my mirror for 15 years from the age of when I was 15 years old to the time I was 30. And it said, attitude is everything. Keep yours positive. And I read it multiple times a day. I mean, it wasn't just once a day. It was like every night, every, every morning. And then every time you kind of go in to get changed, I just, you'd see it. 
it's not just the happenstance, right? It's like every, I, you know, bad shit happens to me all the time and sure I, it affects me, but it doesn't affect me for long. And I always go to the positive side. And I love what you said, because I think you have to be intentional with everything that you put up around you, right? That you have around you. Like, it's like, not like, you know, it's not just hap- haphazard that you put those things. It's like, be intentional with what you see first thing in the morning, be intentional about what you have in your surrounding. I don't know if you can see behind me, I have bamboo and I always have bamboo because I think bamboo, especially for your listeners is such a beautiful example for people, right? When you plant bamboo, what happens the first year, nobody sees any growth, right? In most businesses, most people don't see growth. They're like, what did you do? A plant of bamboo. And then the second year, what happens? There's not a lot of growth, right? The third year, you're like, what the hell, right? Like, it's like not growing. You're like, damn, maybe I'll just get a ficus, right? Because there's like no growth here. And then the fourth year, you know, you, the fourth year, you like play music for it and you sing to it and you, I don't know, get all your friends to get excited about your bamboo and it just grows like an inch, right? So each year it's just growing a tiny bit every year. And then if you, but you, you keep doing those same things to nurture it, right? It needs good, it needs good water. It needs good light. It needs all of those things to grow it. And then the fifth year that bamboo can grow 30 to a hundred feet. But what happens? We give up, we try something else. We're like, well, that's not working. I'm going to go try something else. I'm not going to. So I think that you need to be wet. But in the meantime, what's happened to the bamboo It's gotten really, really strong roots. And I think more than anything, because we've been in it for so much longer, we just have really strong roots, right? We've, <laughs> we've done the 10,000 hours <laughs> of that. I think that, I, you know, I was going to do an article. My friend's like, I want you to do an article for a magazine. She goes, what would you do an article about? And I said, I would do the article about the 10,000 hours. I mean, that's what really makes it work. I remember talking to Bob Proctor, a book I did, and I need to finish it up. But um, I asked Bob to write the forward to the book, and I'm so glad that I did because now I have it, right? Even though he's not physically here, he is definitely here everywhere around us. And I remember sitting on the floor right here in the office, and I was on my cell phone, like literally laying down talking to Bob Proctor. And I go, Bob, I owe you the biggest apology. And he goes, what are you talking about, Lauren? I go, I used to poo-poo the whole thing about experience and like how much you've done and all of these stories and all that. I go, now I get it. <laughs> like now <laughs> I feel like I'm an artillery of experiences, of stories, of skills that I've learned of, you know, and I could just pull it, pull it off of the shelves and everything to be able to use that. And so I'm more equipped. So getting out there, listening to your podcast taking some of the advice, reading some of the books, maybe putting up a quote, doing some of these little things, you're going to be better prepared. When you feel like you're better prepared, it's going to give you that confidence to go, I got this. And I think that's what happens to me because I've had to, I'm like, I have so many resources that I'm like, really? Like Lauren, you can freaking figure it. That's what I do. I, I look at myself in the mirror and I go, really, Lauren, seriously, like, really, you're going to tell me why you can't make that happen. You got all these resources. You have all these. And I literally have a conversation with myself and go, oh, come on. That is ridiculous. You can figure this out, right? Earlier, when you were talking about the bamboo and you had mentioned just before it about um, about Jeff and, and, and really, really, to me, it was more about your business. And I don't know how much you want, you want to talk about that. I mean, for you to promote that, I think it's, I mean, it's awesome because A, well, this is a business podcast, more like a life podcast really than it is a business podcast, but 
But I do think, you know, this is a great time right now. People are always, people are struggling with high interest rates and they're, they're struggling to make part-time money. And, and I think you're like an amazing example of someone who, who, you know, you're on the road all the time. You, you, a bricks and mortar business was not going to work for you. Uh, I'm, I'm making some of that assumption based on me knowing you and you got involved with, I thought, I think, which is probably one of the best top, one of the top MLM companies. Uh, Juice Plus. As a matter of fact, I actually worked. I was in Jeff's downline uh, back when I was 16, which is I don't I don't even know how long ago that was. 35 years ago, 40, 30 more than 35 years ago, when when uh, they were selling water filters. That company's been around for a long time. But I, I'm I'm interested in chatting with you about your decision to start your business and that whole process. I mean, because you have a massive business, you're super successful. I um, mean, I wouldn't want that to be lost on on the listeners today, too, with how hard you've worked at at building that business. I appreciate that. And let's go back to what you just said. So what year did you get going? How old, how old are you? Well, I was, I was I, I'm, well, I'm 53 now, but I would think I was 15 or I might have been 14. I think it was 14. I actually, we want, want to go back. This is very interesting. So I was living in San Diego, working four jobs, working at the racetrack, working you know at Nordstrom, working as a waitress, working doing something like finding parts for airplanes or something like after airplane crashes, anything I could do. Right, I was hungry. I've always been very, very hungry, and I wanted to do well. And my friend, who was a ski instructor in Vail, he lived part time in Vail, and then he would live part time in San Diego. So he came back from being in Vail, and he came home with a water filter. He said, Hey, Lauren, try this water filter. You're going to love it. I was in my 20s and this was 1988, maybe 89. It was right before I went to Tony's house. I'll never forget this whole thing. So he shared this water filter. He said, Try it for a week. If you don't love it, you know, you hook it up to the seat. You'll know, sink, because you did this. He said, You'll hook it up to the sink. If you don't, if it, if you don't love it, then you can give it. It was $179 in 1988 or 89. Like, that's a lot of money back in 19, right? $179. So I went, I hooked it up to the water filter. I did all the fun, which is hilarious now because that little P, whatever it is, the little blue thing, now they're selling those straws for like the same price. Like, they're back in vogue. Everything that juice put that NSA started, right? Water that's right. and yep. the whole shebang. So, anyway. I love telling the story, so this excites me. Thanks. He, I loved it. I was like, oh my God, like, I got to tell everybody about this thing, right? And I went and I started telling everybody to go get these water filters. Well, that year they were doing a conference in Memphis. I didn't know it was a conference. Back then it was like 90, 99% men in the business. I'm 24 years old. They go, look, there's this big party in Memphis, Tennessee. Why don't you just come to this party in Memphis, Tennessee? So I'm like, okay. So I go to this party. This is my journal that I bought at the Peabody Hotel in, it was December 19th, 1990. Oh my God. I went and I'm standing in the lobby of the Peabody Hotel, and there's this guy standing there, and all of these people are around him. And I'm like, what the heck's going on there? And it was Jeff Roberti. And he was standing, and everybody's talking to him. And, he, and my friend Steve introduced me to him. He goes, oh, this is my friend Lauren. She's coming to the party tonight. And Jeff goes, 
so are you coming tomorrow to the to the seminar? And I'm like, what seminar? I don't know anything about a seminar. I just thought that there was a party. I went to the event the next day and I looked at my friend. I go, this was a bit, this is a business and you didn't tell me about this. And you know that I've been working my ass off, working four jobs. And you didn't tell me that I could have done this as a business. And it's interesting that you said, like, I kind of shied away from it. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I never want someone to feel that way. And I literally wrote down, you guys, these are my goals from 1990 and uh, that I was going to do in this business. And you know what? You know what I did? Nothing. Because I was scared of like, what would pe- people like, oh, you're not going to go do that or, oh, that doesn't work. You know, so for 17 years, even though I had these big dreams and all of these things I wanted to make happen, I did nothing because I was listening to too much of the noise of people around me. So what happened was I was teaching an event, as you know, and the company was introducing these new products. I couldn't, and I said, what could I take? Because I was nursing and I had, um, and I wanted to give my kids something. And they said, well, you can't take any of these products, the one that this company I was working with. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. Like I'm not going to stand in front of the room with something that has contraindications. So anyway, Jeff happened to be at that event. He comes up to me and he goes, you know, you can give your kids juice plus. And I'm like, oh my God, go with your fruits and vegetables. I'm the nutritionist. I'm the one that teaches these programs. And then he said, your kids are going to get it for free. I don't know if you even know this, Dwayne, but now the company gives product for kids from four till they're 25. They get it for free for 20 years. They get, wow. they get the, the juice plus for free. So I was like, well, this just makes sense. It's, you know, bridging the gap between what we eat and what we don't eat. And it's full and there's no herbicides, pesticides, vine ripen. Hello, this just makes sense. And now there's the, the tower gardens and grow your own food. And there's tower garden farms opening up everywhere around the world. I mean, I'm going to, my goal is to open one up in Utah at our, you know, the resort that we're building. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, and I got to tell you, I think I look better now than I did when I started because, you know, just being able to bridge that gap, but the company's amazing. We're all, you know, everything, like you said, it's, there's no contraindications. You can take cheese plus from the womb to the tomb. It's fruits, vegetables, berries, omegas. It's the prebiotics and the probiotics company really where they, they put their money where their mouth is, which is on the research. I'm not in that business. Um, so, but I, I think, you know, as a, as a customer and, and, and I've taken the product and I think it's an, it's an excellent company. I'm curious. So I'm curious, a couple of things. One, did you fulfill the goals that you had written back in 1990? I'm going to read them to you. Oh yeah. Or did you, or did you crush them? I crushed them, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, no, let's see. I'll read them to you. Cause it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny. Like if you think about it, right. So now my business, we're in 26 countries. I'm in all 26 countries. One of my best friends is the top income earner in all of Australia and New Zealand. But I mean, here's what I said. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you why uh, to make $5,000 a month consistently, I accomplish it. To develop a strong, committed, educated team, to do uh, trainings, to make a business plan, to, that was to stay in San Diego. I didn't say it. To, to why the company, because I love their expansion. I love the people. I love the group dynamics, the products, the incentives. You're going to love this. Opportunity to do training, goals with NSA. Opportunities to do trainings, develop strong speaking skills. Yes, <laughs> opportunity to share the results, right? Uh, 
companies, I mean, at places around the world, New Zealand, Australia, uh, we're not, in, we're not in Japan yet, but, um, I, I have Switzerland, Israel, Germany. I have business in all the, all of those, you know, some of those countries there. Yeah. And you wrote, you wrote that in 1990, like no joke, y'all. Like we're talking no joke. Like that's the real deal. No BS here. (laughs) So when you say, just so the, so the people listening have an understanding, because you, you made a comment while I have a, my, my, one of my best friends is the, the head earner in, in Australia. She is in your business. So it's not just a friend. It is a business relationship as well. I mean, I'm sure she's a great best friend, but, but I just want the audience to understand that, you know, how diversified you are, but I'm also really would love for you to share with them. Like what were some of the struggles in a making, finally making the decision to get involved and, and grow your business. And what were some of the key elements in that side of the business. Cause we've had lots of people talk we've had people in, you know, the food industry, we've had people in landscape, we've had people in construction, all kinds of stuff. I'm enamored by the structure of a multi-level marketing business for people who don't have capital and who, who are gregarious and great at marketing and great talkers or, or want to become great talkers. So here's the deal. I had zero interest in doing this as zero. I went, Jeff says, look, at least come to our conference and tell me no. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to freaking go get him off my back. I'm done. Like, I am just tired every time. Like, seriously, he's like, it was like one of those people, every time you see him, you know, it's like, well, you know, the pride, because he's loud and proud. And he's uber successful. Like, or he's the top person in the history of network marketing. And it's interesting that you said that whole thing because Eric had him, Eric did an event that it was all for six figure income earners and above. And this would have been seven or eight years ago that we were at the event, there were about 500 people in the room. And so Eric says, stand up if you've made more than a million dollars, you know, with, with your network marketing business. So pretty much most of the people stood up, right? 80% of the room. They stand up if you've made more than $5 million. And so, you know, people start sitting up, stand up if you've made this amount. And then the numbers start going up more than 35 million. And so it's only Jeff and this other guy um, named Robert Hollis, I think was his name. Stand up in the room. Stay standing if you've made $60 million. Well, Jeff's the only person that stays standing. Jeff has made a lot more than that now over the years. Eric goes goes back to Jeff and he goes, why did you, you know, Jeff, why? What's made you so successful? And Jeff's only, you know, Jeff's been with Juice Plus for 37 years, right? So he said, I picked a horse and I rode it. I didn't jump around from company to company because one of my favorite lines is wherever you go, you still take you with you, right? So you got to look at like, it's not the, it's not the company's problems. It's not that this problem is not that it's a you problem most of the time, right? Then Eric asked the question. He said, stand up. You'll love this. Stand up. If it's sometime in your network marketing business, you were in Jeff Roberti's organization. <laughs> That's the whole room stood up. 90% of the room stood up. And Eric said, me too, him too. He was in his book, GoPro. He had followed Jeff Roberti around to create the 90-day game plan. So I said yes for a couple of reasons. One, I knew Jeff walked his talk. 
Like the guy has all, you know, I mean, he was the first person to sign up for Platinum Partnership with Tony. I signed him up in Hawaii at 9-11, right? He like takes notes. He always sits in the front row. He goes back and he reviews his notes. Same thing. He's another one. Like I can tell you the behind the scenes. Oh my God. Like the guy like works out every day and pickleballs and does all of the health stuff and, you know, and a great investor and all of, I mean, it's crazy what he really walks his talk. So I said yes to Jeff because I knew he walked his talk. That was most important to me. And I, I was like, okay, he looks good. He's doing this, that. So I went to the conference. I sat in the front row because if, you, if you're going to do this, you guys, you got to get in the front row. I love what Jeff says. Either give it a strong yes or strong no. But, and I, this is what I think how people unfortunately live their life. Either give it a strong yes or a strong no, but no wishy-washy, dilly-dally stuff in the middle. So you got to look at your life. Are you giving it a strong yes? Or are you giving it a strong no? Or are you just dilly-dallying in the middle? So I sat in the front row. I'm going to tell Jeff Roberti no. Well, I started hearing you know, the research. I started seeing, seeing everything. I'm like, oh my God, this freaking just makes sense. And I was like, well, if anything, I'm just going to take the product because it makes sense, right? And I'll be a customer. I'll just do that. And as I'm sitting there, I started thinking about, you know what? Who did I know, love, and care about? that I really just wanted better health for, you know, them, that this made sense to them. This would be good for them. Or, you know, who do I know that is going through? So obviously we don't make any health claims, but the first person I thought of was my amazing friend. Her name's Mickey Knowles. And Mickey has two little girls, twins. Her husband died suddenly in his mid thirties. Uh, he got like a, a rare RSV and he passed away in sleep. So she was left with her own company and our company is the only company that gets health benefits. We get full eye, dental, chiropractic, long-term disability. So I was an independent contractor. So I was like, mm, that's interesting. That's cool. I, maybe that'd be great. I mean, it's an I'm, I'm going in in two days to have an MRI on my thumb that the company is covering. That's huge. Like, I don't know about your, in your country, but we the insurance, health insurance and having great health insurance is really important. I'm like, I could work my, I could work to do that, <laughs> right? I didn't know that. That's that's interesting that they do that. So I thought about my friend Mickey because her business was with her and her husband. And when he passed away, and I thought about their daughter. She had her daughter has a has a disease called spinal muscular atrophy, and it's the number one genetic killer of children under the age of three. Most kids don't make it more than three. So I said, Mickey, look, I don't know, but it sure makes makes sense. It's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. The girls are going to get it for free. I know that Aurora has been going to the hospital every other week. She would literally take her daughter to the hospital every other week, not knowing if her daughter was going to live or die. I go, look, um, this is not anything I don't know, but it couldn't hurt, right? I don't know. And Mickey goes, I'll try it. Like, what's the worst thing you have? The kids are going to get it for free. Another friend of mine, she had another thing. I go, look, I don't know, but it sure makes sense for me. Same thing, my friend Linda over in Australia, at least go on the products. It couldn't hurt anything. You ask me why I do what I do, why I'm still passionate about this. Mickey's daughters, you know, she called me and then she was on Facebook like a, you know, a year and a half after and she goes, I'm taking her to the hospital. I'm like, Mickey, what are you doing? Why is she going to the hospital? She goes, Lauren, calm down. She hasn't been to the hospital once in a year and a half. Like, this is amazing. I used to take her every other week. Like it's working because she was feeding her body what it, her body was finally getting what it needed. But this is why I do what I do. And you saw me, I didn't move. This sits beside my desk every day. This is Aurora. This is her graduating from high school. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. Juice Plus. 
you know, Mickey calls me all the time and goes, Lauren, I can you help save my daughter's life. But if you wouldn't have opened your mouth to tell me about Juice Plus, you know, this is, you know, what's kept her going. And, and once again, we're not making any claims, but I'm like, what if I could help somebody? Like, what if their health could just take it to the next level? I mean, I could tell, you know, and then like with Linda, she, you know, was just taking the products and then, and then life happened. The the whole recession happened. She lost their, they lost their home. They moved back to Australia. Her husband didn't have jobs. She's like, well, shoot, maybe I just do that juice plus thing. Maybe I just, you know, go help out their moms out there. They want to get their kids healthy, that they want to get healthy. And then she, you can't see it here, but I have a whole wall. You see me keep looking over here. That wall is filled with over 60 pictures. Those are all the people who now, you know, have grown a you know, huge businesses around the world. And I look at them every day and they inspire me to keep it going. So when I like make a pity party about myself and I look at them like, man, look how Adam and his girls' lives have changed. Look how Anthony was able to sell his four chiropractic businesses and now live on a huge farm in, you know, Australia with Kate, you know, or Brian Marsh or, you know, Allison or, Eliana over there in Italy or Sylvia in Italy. I mean, I'm looking at the, I'm not making these things up. Like Daniele, Mark and Tamara and, you know, Cynthia and Fee and Linda. I mean, I'm looking at these spaces every day. How can I not? So whenever I like throw myself a pity party, like you said, it's for a couple minutes, but then I remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. I, Tower gardens. Oh my God. All of these schools that are now like these kids are growing their own fruits and vegetables or people are getting to finally, like they found their passion. And I don't know. And anyway, yes, I'm pretty passionate about it. No, I, I mean, obviously that's clear, but, and I, but you're passionate about helping others, which has been a thread through this entire conversation. But I'm curious for, for those, you know, because your experience is so amazing can you share like where you had these roadblocks? Because at the very beginning you said, I didn't want to do this. What got you to the point? I didn't have an agenda about anything. I knew who I was. I remember like, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know I want to help people. People are going to, you know, sure. People, same thing. People are going to think I'm crazy. People are going to think, I don't, I don't care. Like my, my friend, Cheryl Cortese, she says, you just imagine there's a long line of people to infinity, Right. And you're not attached. Jeff wasn't attached to me, even though I said no, you know, 17 years ago, he didn't stop and say, okay, well, I'm not going to tell anybody about, you know, the business anymore. He like, like, okay, well, she's not right now. And so for me, I wasn't attached to whether or not somebody, you know, went on the product or went on the business. I'm like, and I, I have this belief that people need me more than I need them. Right. So I didn't have this desperation. I'm like, look, I think I look pretty good. I think I, you know, I'm a good example of what's possible. I do the work. I do the this and that. So some people are going to join me, and, you know, some people aren't. But I didn't ex think I was going to make a business out of it. But you know what? It's it's never been about a business for me. It's always been about impact. It's always been about how can I like level up my impact in the world. And I looked at this as a more an opportunity to not just make you know, money about me or money, you know, about that. I was like impact. And so when I look at the impact that I was able to make that I never would have been able to, I don't believe just like growing my own like thing. I mean, there was already systems. I didn't have to build the systems. I'm not the, I'm not really a system. I'm not, I love systems. I'll follow the systems, 
but I don't want to create the systems, right? So I love that there was a model that all I had to do was plug in my little craziness. It was, and then I'm going to do it differently, right? <laughs> like, like I'm going to hold a big event for 10,000 people. Like, and I'm going to organize the event. But I think that when I got me out of the way and just thought, started to think about, you know, like who needs to bridge the gap between the, what, you know, where they are, where they want to be in their health or in their finances. Is this great? Is this a great thing? And I just got myself out of the way. And I knew that some people were going to say yes. Some people were going to say no, but I remembered who I am every day. I'm like, who are you going to help? Who are you going to serve today? You know who you are. You know what you stand for. You know what you're going to this and that. And that's it. I know. I think that people just make it way too freaking complicated. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Somebody says no. And then you know what? I have a girl, swear, lives here in town. <laughs> she has said no to me for this whole time. She's always like going on these yo-yo stuff. She's got the 15 pounds that she wants to do. She's putting it on. Then she's doing a you know, like a, a fast and then, and then she's like working out hard and then she's like putting it back on and then doesn't want to like do, I mean, for 15 years, nothing. So th right now we're doing a 10 day shred. And so I was like, look, and I put on a page to not contact me to contact somebody else. I'm, you know, that's really focusing on the shred right now. Cause I'm focusing on the event thing. She's doing it. It took 15 years for her to finally like decide. But she's always been watching, right? She's always been watching. She's like, oh, I like the way Lauren like looks through menopause. I like the way that Lauren like did this. Oh, maybe I should actually look at all of these things. I mean, so maybe I should, I was like, oh, maybe I should double up my juice plus during menopause. You know, maybe I should double up my shakes during menopause. And I did it, right? Like, I'm like, duh. Like, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think you said some really unbelievably wise things. And you said it just a second ago, people complicate it so much. And they get in their own way, you know, so quickly uh, and so consistently. That is in incredible advice. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, your vision is obviously, you know, one of my big takeaways of this conversation is you rely heavily on your vision and it drives you in a deep, deep way. For people who may not necessarily be wired that way, you know, when you went and ran that, uh, did that walk. And your grandmother said, how are you going to do it? And you said, one step at a time. I'm curious, can you just crunch down a little bit on the business? Because I think there could be some takeaways here for, for, for our listeners on the steps, the, 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 the steps that you took to kind of get yourself into the business and just, I don't want to granulize it too much because I love your vision and I, and I, I don't want people to not see that because I think it's huge. But I also, for those who struggle with that, I'd like to I'm just curious because you're so successful. Like, we're undermining the success you have in this business and in this industry. I know you're very successful at it. Well, and you know what? It hasn't always been ups, right? Like I think that, I mean, you, you go through a lot. I think the other thing is so the whole thing we talk about a lot is that sometimes you want it more for other people than they want it for themselves. And that's hard. I know that there was, I was just with a, a girl who is um, an amazing physical therapist on, on my team and, like her girl, like decided to, you know, she needed to do something else. And then the whole, their whole beautiful community they had been created, like kind of disappeared. My friend and I, but I went and I met with her and she's like, Oh my God, Lauren, I'm so glad I got to see you because I, it feels like there's a part of my life. Like I'm like, for me, I feel like people put their trust in me and in their, their dreams in me. 
and then I need to show up for them. So a couple of things that I would say, one, who do you know, love and care about? Like, that's where I go, right? Like, even if, when, if I were to make a list of the, like when you called me to do the podcast, I was like, I love this guy. Of course I'm going to do this, right? I, uh, that's, I sort, I sort and I go, who do I lo- know, love and care about? And I start there. So for people that are looking, make a list, not related to a business, not related to anything, just make a list of everybody that you know, love and care about and write down two or three things that you love about them. That's it. Don't think about a business. Don't think about prospecting somebody or anything like that. Just feel the kind of people that you really love and why you love them. Right. And the second thing that I would say is we we talk about it all the time, right? Is one, two, three, too many. So that's why people (laughs) get really, get really crazy. So one, think about, you know, who do you know, love and care about? Second thing that I would say and how I really built my business without even knowing that I was building my business was Facebook had just come out 2007, remember? And so I was on the road teaching and I had like maybe three hours a day that I could do something. And I really, I love taking care of my relationships. So I I love sending birthday messages to people, birthday cards. So I thought, what could I do? You know, we always talk about, you want to make more money, you got to add more value. So when Facebook came out, I was like, okay, what can I do to add value to people? So I, every day I would do something. I mean, now everybody's doing it, which is great. Well, I hope people are doing it more, but I would do like motivational Monday. I would do tasty Tuesday. I would do, you know, thirsty Thursday. And then I would like make it, you know, do something to add value. So I started, it started to create some curiosity back then, 2007, there were only 250,000 people on Facebook, right? Every year I'd be hello, you might want to get on Facebook, you know, and then it'd go up to like a million people. Now it's like, hello, there's 3 billion people. You might want to get on social media now. So I would say embrace technology, the, the, the things that are out there. But I would, if you're one, I would think about, you were saying about just the simple things that people can do. Make a list of everybody that you know, love and care about just because you want to get associated to what kind of people that you, that, that lights you up, right? Like I got lit. I had to wake up at four this morning to take my husband to the airport. And then I knew I had this and I, but I didn't say it. I was like, I was so excited about it. I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be so much fun to connect with Dwayne. And so I make sure that I schedule things first thing in the morning that get me like fired up, right? Time-wise, big, big thing. So for those of you that are, you know, how do you get started in any kind of business? Think about what lights you up. And for me, what lights me up is, is people, right? And so I used to love Tony go, I love people, 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 right? So, <laughs> but just what really lights you up? Some people, it is, if it's, you know, like, like, like they're doing this shred thing right now. So what lights them up is gathering people and working out. Get clear about what lights you up because there's no way you're going to light anybody else up until you know what lights your, lights you up, right? Can't get what you don't have. And then the second thing, how can you add value? What what can you do? What makes you unique? What makes you different than anybody else? Why would somebody want to do business with you? Whether it's in network marketing, whether it's any kind of business, why would people want to do business with you? So I think you got to start with you. It's the you factor. And then all the other things are just bonuses. And then look at, you know, when you're looking at any company, do the values of the company really align with you? 
Juice Plus is known as a company with a heart. That's what Jay Martin started the company, the founder of the company, you know, is all, what can he do? What can you do to help other people? You know, they make sure that the field gets everything. They give everything back to the field. They don't, they're the number one contributors of the St. Jude Marathon. I donate 200 of my books every year to St. Jude, Mar- you know, to St. Jude. So that aligned with my values. So looking at a company and go, do their values align with who I am, right? Then you look at the products, you know, what matters to you with regard with regards to a product. For me, I wanted to make sure that there was no contraindications, meaning anybody could take the product from the womb to the tomb. I wanted to make sure that, you know, there was primary research. So it, it does, it, it just matters with what your values are and what's important for you. And then I wanted the leadership. I wanted to know that I was going to have the support and that there were going to be systems in place to support me. I had Jeff Roberti, the number one person in the history of, you know, of this profession. I'm like, duh, you're going to, I talk to Jeff every day. I talked to the number one, I work directly with Jeff. And I say to people, we got the golden ticket, but now you got to do the work, right? You can have the best opportunity, but if you're not willing to do the work, it's not going to work. So it's not the company. It's not the products. It's the you factor. It's great advice. I mean, it's not only as you were talking about it, it was dawning on me like this is not even just a good advice if you're bu- if you're building or starting a business. It's it's a good a good advice for young people who are graduating college, university, or coming out of high school and they don't yet know what to do, and they're trying to figure out what it is that they want to do. It's like, you know, those are good principles of just because I. So many people they struggle with, and we've talked about this so many times on the podcast that they don't know what their purpose is. And sometimes it takes you some time to figure that out or, or, or and or what you're passionate about. But the advice you just kind of gave there was dying on me. You know, this is not just for business people. This is for, you know, go find a company that aligns with your values. Go find a company that has a product that you support, you believe in, and then do the research on the business and then get a job there and, and start your purpose, start your passion, start your process. I loved it. It shifts over time. Like, I mean, how many times do we prostitute ourselves out? We sell out, right? Like I think about that. I took a job, wait, you know, cocktailing, even though it wasn't aligned with my values, right? Getting people drunk, not knowing who was going to get home that night. Or I love my job. It was fun. Like when I worked at the track, but it really wasn't aligned with my values. So that's why I said, I I can't tell you how many times I've turned people down. I mean, I don't really do a lot of one-on-one coaching anymore. And actually, I think when I stopped was when I'd been working with someone for six years and then they had taken on another project that they were doing that did not align with my values at all. And I said to them, they were getting ready to, you know, pay me for the next six months. And I said, I can't take your money. He goes, what are you talking about? You helped me get such great results from my, it was a huge business big. It was, a, it was a, a fortune 100 company that this person was with. And I said, I can't do it anymore. And he was the CEO of the company. That thing that you're doing just doesn't align with me and my values. I will recommend somebody that maybe you can talk and see if that's something that they want to do. That's where I, know that I made a big, I think that big, big shift of once again, asking myself, if I say yes to this, am I staying true to myself? Right. And then when I met my husband, when I met Z. And I saw how much family meant to him. Like his daughter lives in Florida. And as much as he was traveling, he was traveling a lot every month, probably about 
20 days out of every month for his work, but that he made it a priority to go see his daughter every month. I was like, this is a guy who's got, who our values are the same. I think before you dive into anything right now, and it's a great time at the beginning of the year to just take inventory, take inventory of the people that are in your life, their values. Do they align with your values? Is it time, you know, take a look at the, your career, you know, is it aligning with you? What do you need to do to make those shifts? Once again, what I said was, what do you need to do? (laughs) And so like my eldest son, he's at a, works with a a company. He's like, mom, they're just such good people. He goes, I feel just so alive and so happy. And so, you know, I can't wait to get up and go do, it's a job. I mean, he works a job and he's like, but I love it. Right. And I know you created that environment for all of your employees. And same thing, you know, we were talking about our dear friend, you know, my friend Travis with Dutch Brothers created such an environment that people want to go work there. They want to be a part of the mission. They want, you know, what can you do so that people want to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing? And that's what I hope that I create for people. I hope that I created that they're like, yeah, man, we have tons of fun here. Yeah, we're we're doing well, but we're making a difference and we're we're fulfilled. I talk about this a lot, but I, I'm, you know, it's, I think you have to be very careful about what radio station you tune into every day. You know, there's radio station WIFM, what's in it for me versus, you know, radio station WIFT, what's in it for them. And it's a choice. It's a choice to change that. You can change the dial inside of yourself to look towards others, um, add more value. Um, it, there's no question that is the source of, uh, I believe a business success and not, and just not business success, personal success. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it, you're not taking your money or, or your house or your anything, your assets to the grave. It, it, it's, it's, it's your integrity. It's your truth. Yeah, I agree. I love doing goal setting. I love, I have my son's outcomes for the year. I have my other son's outcomes for the year. I keep them in front of me. You know, I have a couple other sticky notes that are here, my da- and my daughters and my outcomes. But I was doing, you know, when you're 20 or 30 and you go, write your 20-year goals. And, you know, you're like, okay. like, And then you feel so far, like, what is it? You know, your immediate goals, your one-year goals, your five-year goals, and your 20-year goals. And I was like, my goals, I'm like, shit, like 20 years from now, I'm going to be freaking 78 years old. Like, I better freaking get busy. I think that the importance of going, of really saying, now's the time. What are you waiting for? Do it messy. Say yes, right? It's like, I, it's like everybody, I'm like, I, I say it to people all the time when they say, well, I'm, you know, think about doing, joining the business a year from now. I'm like, what's going to change a year from now? You know, is your health going to be better a year from now or is it going to be worse a year, a year from now because you waited? Is your, you know, are your finances going to be better a year from now because you waited or, you know, what, what's really going to be better by waiting that, that, that whole Dr. Seuss, you know, people are just, they're in the waiting place, waiting for the phone to ring, waiting for the bus to come, waiting for their hair to grow, waiting, waiting, waiting. That's the worst place you can ever be. Right. So like we're, we're, we're doing a project up in Utah and I, and then the more I just, I talked about it with this person and this and that, and then it came up with all these ideas. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, we're not waiting anymore. 
right? And this is it. And now it's coming together faster than ever. And once again, I would say it's what Eric says. Say yes, tell the world, figure it out. So think for yourself, what's something that your heart's saying, say yes to it, right? Like you did that, Dwayne. You're like, what the hell am I doing? I've been, everybody's been telling me to do a podcast forever. And I just didn't. And then finally one day you just said, I'm saying yes. I remember you calling me and go, I'm doing this. I'm scheduling people. I'm doing this. We've got this. I've got this, you know, producer. She's producing it. They're going to get, you're going to get an email. You're going to get this. And And now you're like, huh, great. Now I can open it up to more, more opportunities of things that you can do to add more value. And that's what you're doing here. Remember what I said? How do you make more money? You add more value. Or how do you make a bigger difference? It doesn't necessarily just to be about money. If you're getting your head all caught up in the money thing, get over it. Want to make a difference? Want to make a difference? You add more value. That's what it's all about. You're right. It's this is a great, Lauren's a great conversation. I am inspired to say the least. Like you are on fire and it's just, it's amazing to see. It makes me truthfully question. Like I, I always say, like, I, you know, you always look and go, geez, there's a lot going on here. And <laughs> I look at you and I go, well, I'm not saying that anymore. <laughs> Six events in the next two and a half months. So we've got one for my mastermind ladies. We're going to the Dominican. I got an event for Juice Plus Level Up that we're doing at the studio. I have the On Your Worth event. I have the speaker training. But it's like, it's, it fires me up, right? It doesn't, does it, do I get a little bit overwhelmed at sometimes? Yeah, I go outside and then I take a walk and then I think about what can I leverage and what do I really need to be focused on at that moment? And it's just, it's exciting. We're so blessed, right? So many people would love the opportunity when you, when you start to get stressed and pile your plate, you, you start to think about, wait a second, like a lot of people would love to have this opportunity and what you're giving back to people is unbelievable. How do people find you? Um, because specifically on that, especially for young women or any women, not the young women, any women for your own, your own worth. Uh, that's an amazing event. So they go to ownyourworthexperience.com. Lauren. I can't thank you enough for being here. I'm so grateful. I love the conversation. I love your enthusiasm. I need to see you in person soon sometime. So we'll hopefully have to arrange that. It's the blessing about this podcast is reconnecting with people and realizing that, uh, you know, time ticks on. So we'd, we'd love to connect with you. Lots of huge tidbits here, guys. Um, I hope you had your notebook. I actually have so many notes sitting here in front of me from what I took. I've got a book to buy and a movie to watch and all kinds of stuff. So thank you so much, sweetheart. I got lots of great references and things to, yeah, books to buy. (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you another great book, another great movie to watch for everybody that'll inspire you. And get, and I think the biggest thing, and I would encourage you all to really walk away with hopefully from this is get hungry. You know, I think that people have lost their hunger. And if you really want to, you know, take it to the next level, you know, increase the hunger in you. And that is watching the movie, The Boys in the Boat. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't seen that. Boys in the Boat. It's not what you expect. So I'm watching it. You, uh, you certainly walk the talk, my, uh, my young friend. I love it. You're the best. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Love to everybody. And remember to always stay true. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you being with us. If you found value in the show and know a friend or a coworker who could benefit from the conversation, please share the link via text or on social media. Remember, each share creates a ripple effect of knowledge and inspiration. We'll see you next week.
The views, information, or opinions expressed by guests during the Business of Doing Business podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Dwayne Kerrigan and his affiliates. Dwayne Kerrigan, or the Business of Doing Business podcast, is not responsible for and does not verify the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. Listeners are advised to consult with a qualified professional or specialist before making any decisions based on the content of this podcast.